0: What up? What up, everybody? Welcome to Kashan Cast. Craig Kashan, along with producer extraordinaire James Stewart, on January fourth. It is a Tuesday. We're into the new year, so happy New Year, everybody! And uh, boy, we we've made it, James. We yeah, crossed that uh, we crossed, <laughs> crossed that threshold, man. We're we're like two years in the making right now. We
1: made it through twenty twenty one, and now on to twenty twenty two, and just hoping that it's. Uh, a little bit better than 2021. Although sports wise, (laughs) 2021 was amazing because we got the championship, but you know, personally in the whole world, like we're ready to just move forward with all this.
0: I know it. I know we gotta, we gotta get through this little stretch here. So this is, uh, I I think this, this is what makes what we do here, um, uh, to get through that time a little more enjoyable. And hopefully, um, hopefully the people who watch and listen to us will, will agree for sure. But, uh, We've got a good slate of stuff here. We've got uh, the Bucks were on a roll until they ran into um, a suddenly hot uh, Detroit Pistons team. We're going to talk a little about uh, Packers clinching the number one seed for the uh, NFC playoff run to the Super Bowl. Um, we've also got uh, some MVP talk yeah. um, in the state of Wisconsin. Um, suddenly, if you think about this uh, – there's a dominant uh, running line of consecutive years of MVPs in professional sports, which is kind of cool, and it looks like it's going to continue. Um, and uh, we've also got uh, some talk on some college basketball players that are making a name for themselves as NBA uh, lottery picks for 2022 right out of here at the good old state of Wisconsin. Yep, so,
1: a lot of good things happening in Wisconsin.
0: We're, we're looking more forward to that. More than people realize. So now uh but before we start um we always have to uh we always have to lead <laughs> off the show and find out you know how you're doing because uh I've I've made it through my rough life of uh kids and all that kind yeah. of stuff but I think I think maybe yesterday for you and for a lot of us really felt like the first true Monday in like yeah. a month like back to work type Monday what was it like in the in the James household for you on on Monday well,
1: for me, it's twofold. So yesterday, uh, obviously, the first Monday, we had a game. So that was kind of my focus there, um, just focusing on that Pistons matchup. But today was, uh, for me, back to fatherly duties. And I feel like I was spoiled during the uh, little Christmas break here because my kids getting up that early was not fun. And it was uh, pretty hard to get both the kids on <laughs> to school on time today. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What what are we talking about? Uh, so six a.m. is that is that like when you guys are getting yeah, up? Yeah, they now? usually
1: get up around six six thirty somewhere in there. But, but um my wife's not going to like this. But I definitely hit the snooze. I have to leave by seven thirty to get Jay to school. I hit the snooze until seven twenty. So <laughs> whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah, we were we were eating out the door today. So Sorry. it was a, it was a rough one.
0: So, did you what? What'd you have there, real quick for for eats?
1: Uh, we had a piece of toast and some goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> like a not goldfish sandwich. <laughs> yeah, not my best day for uh, dad duties today, but we made it. Hey, they're at school on time. Everything's fine.
0: All right. Well, that that's all that matters at this yeah, point. Kids are young; they'll survive.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little Bucks basketball here um, on Monday. Bucks had a six-game winning streak going into their game against Detroit, which had won a total of six games all season. Yeah. Uh, but they were coming off a win over San Antonio on Saturday night. So, um, believe it or not, they got they got their second straight win for the first time all season long, and it came at the expense of the Bucks, who, by the way, had their big three. So this was this was an anomaly, rarity loss for a team that uh, was really really playing well. This seemed like a, a, a Monday thumper, to say the yeah. least.
1: I mean, to me, like, obviously you can't just wash it away and say nothing happened. They lost to a very bad team, a six-win team, now a seven-win team, I guess. Um, but for me, the takeaway is you look at the tape, see what you can do better, and you move on. There's not too much to kind of harp on this loss for me. I always think about it like, I remember when we won 15 games <laughs> and the, the fact is we were bad, but 15 times there was a team that was worse. So it just happens. I mean, you look at like the Warriors, 24. remember when they were 24-0 and they lost oh, yeah. to us? Yeah. it's a, It just happens. It's the NBA, like all of these guys are – still incredible players and and we saw last night sadiq bay went off and he's been having a good stretch but no matter how bad the pistons are you always have to remember like at some point and probably for a very long time sadiq bay was the best player around wherever he was high school at some point to college he was the best player on his team and now you know what i mean like all these guys we we take i think sometimes we take a take for um we ignore the fact that like the worst player in the NBA is still better than any basketball player you personally know. True. Like you know what I mean? And and um I believe it was who's the guy for the Celtics? Scalabrini. Yeah. He had that that he had his a quote about um, because he, you know, he's a big social media guy, so he, he interacts with the fans a lot and goes back and forth. But he had a quote basically saying that like He's closer to Jordan than you are to him. So if you just kind of remember that, like, you have to understand that, again, these are all NBA players, and it, it just happens. And,
0: you know, last night
1: we talked about it on postgame when, um, who was it, Hill, Giannis, Middleton, and Grayson Allen were like two for 23 from three. Yeah. You know, that that's just, it, you're not going to win a lot of games like that, and you just chalk it up as an off night because Grayson's shooting 40%. You know Middleton has shot forty percent. You know all these guys are are outside of Giannis are high 40 percent shooters, and you just call it an off night, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, well, it was an off night. Yeah. I mean, the the you know the stats never lie. Right. I mean, and let, George let, Hill
1: too. George Hill was near the top of the league in three point at yeah. like one point. Like, you, yeah. so it's not just you know, it's just an off night to me. Now you well, can't you can't let it ride into Toronto like you have to bounce back against Toronto, which is a better team. But you know what are you going to do about it? It's we saw that game, and it just felt like every time the Bucks made a run, that run was to get back to even. It was never to like take the lead. And, and it just, you let a team hang around and get that confidence all game, and you saw like Sadiq Bay man, he, he just he had a night. Career high, like he
0: did, yeah, and and um, you know, I I look no further on these stats, James. When when we talked about three point shooting, yeah, and, and this is where this is where the Bucks are right now, and this would this would be probably speak true in how three point shooting is in the NBA right now. Um, last night, the Bucks uh, for the three ball, eleven for forty six, yeah, eleven for forty six, and and Bay and Josh Jackson combined. For more made threes for Detroit than the Bucks team did, which yeah. which is like hard to believe that could happen, um, but eleven for forty six in in their game on Monday, the previous game they're twenty three for forty eight. So you're talking about you're talking about twelve more made yeah. threes between winning and losing. Now, does it take that much? Of course it doesn't, no. but. But when you're only making 11 and you're and you're shooting nearly 53s, mm-hmm. it it's hard to overcome no matter who you are. And again, the big three played for the Bucks. Bobby Portis played for the Bucks. Yeah, uh, they were relatively healthy going into that game, and and it just goes to show I think how important the three ball is right now. Because if you hit if you hit five or six more threes, than than you missed in this loss against Detroit. It doesn't guarantee you're going to win, but it puts you in a spot where you can do some other things and, and be that much more closer to winning and saying, you know what, we're better than you. This is how we're going to get it done. Lower the hammer in the final minute and win the game. They were close in the final minute, but um, they just couldn't overcome it.
1: Yeah. And and like you said, 11 for 46. So you shoot almost 53s and you shoot 23%. Like, I don't pick any shot, any shot on the court. If you shoot 23%, it's going to be a hard time to win, you know? And and to me, like Pat one for four, I mean, he only took five shots, but I, I don't know what is surprising to me, I guess, with drew Giannis, Bobby, Chris on the floor. It's surprising to me that Grayson got up eight threes I don't I don't think that to me I think his usage is probably more around the four or five and then you just kind of see how many hits but it, it just seemed like every time Giannis was out of the game there was no really interior play and it was just all shooting on a night where they're not shooting well you know and You just you just have to remember that the NBA today is about shooting threes, and we've said it so many times: let it fly, let it fly, let it fly. It's gonna it some nights it's gonna burn you. It just is what it is.
0: I think the thing you know <clears throat> with uh, Grayson Allen, when when the big three came back and and got healthy and and the team got healthy and Portis came back, um, it, it was interesting that his his uh, attempts were almost non-existent. Yeah. And this is this a guy, we know what he's capable of doing yeah. and he, he can't fill it up every night. And that's not what he gets paid to yeah. do. That's not who he is as a player. But when, when he does shoot, it's, it's more than likely going to be a three. So I, I thought the number of threes that he put up yesterday were probably on course because he's got a, he's got to be part of the offense Yeah, and he's not going to do it inside much. I mean, that's just not where they have him. Um, so I'm okay with him shooting six or seven or eight threes a game. I mean, if he makes three yeah. or maybe even four, that's great. But I mean, he's had games where he's made five, six, seven, right. you know, multiple times. Um, and you can't make that unless unless you shoot them. So unless you attempt them. So um, it it's just I don't know. You you I I look at this and uh, I don't want to harp on this loss. That's not part of it. I, I just think it really stands out um, when. There are there. Are, I mean, you look on social media after the game. You know, last night there, are, there are angry Bucks fans yeah. because no one out there in Bucks Nation thinks they should ever lose to the Detroit right. Pistons, right. especially when they're when they have their All Stars there and they're and they're and they're playing at full strength, um, but the success of the three one way or the other there's their only way you can compete is to have a happy medium between the numbers that we're talking about right now. So, and then speaking of threes, Toronto's coming to town on Wednesday night, you know, you can't think of Toronto without thinking of Fred Van Vliet. Mm -hmm. And, um, he's going to put up probably anywhere from 10 to 15 threes. And he's more than capable of of making six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes 10 a game. So, um, the advantage i think the bucks have going into that one is tonight toronto's at home against san antonio so they have to play tonight fly out yeah. um and come into milwaukee for the second of back to backs on the road which is never easy to do and, and then they're going up against uh, yeah and they're going up against the bucks who um, obviously are going to be hungry to get back on track and they go on the road later this week to take on brooklyn so it's a it's a busy week tough way to start out with a loss against detroit but um, obviously, they're in position to to regroup here. That's for sure.
1: Yeah the the one um the one of the positives I'm going to take away from this game though is that coming off of that uh the Pelicans game and, and you know we we haven't had a chance to talk about that but coming off the Pelicans game where Giannis had the ten assists all on threes, mm-hmm. you still saw this game. Um, even toward the end of the game when the things weren't going well. um, He was still kicking out for threes, so he's still playing the right way. Um, You did see a little more aggression, a little more force in toward the rim um, for him, but I'm I'm just going to take away that regardless of what happens or, or what a single game outcome is, he still trusts his team. He still plans to play the right way. Uh, and and you look at his numbers, he had 31, 10, and 7 assists. So if you take that 7 assists and, and you tell me that they shot 23% from 3, he was clearly moving the ball. Yeah. And it yeah. probably should have been easily double-figure assists. Yeah. We should have been looking at another triple-double.
0: Yeah, um, I agree 100% on that. And, and you know the other the other thing about it is the other thing that you know I know we want to talk about here too. And you know you mentioned the uh, Saturday night performance on the ten assists that he had, uh, and they were all on three pointers. Yeah. um I don't know if it's been confirmed or not because I haven't seen it, but no yeah. one believes that's ever been done in NBA history. um And I'm sure somebody has an answer now on that, but. Uh, we, we know it's rare, yeah, let's put it that way. But what it did Especially was, according big. to nba.com, it, it catapulted uh, Giannis to the favorite right now, the number one slot um, to be the league's most valuable player again, which which you know he's shooting for a yeah. third title at just turned 70, I mean 27 years old. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's face it, you got you got Katie, you got Curry. Jokic, Gobert, they're they're your top five with Giannis here right now, and and the MVP talk. We we've turned the calendar year now. It's it's January. People are getting serious about you know the NBA again. This is about the time they do Christmas holidays into yep. the new year here, and and um, he's he just continues to up his level. I, I think the the most enjoyable thing about talking about Giannis's game is you you you're not never talking about the same thing. It seems mm-hmm. like with all his accomplishments and accolades, because w- what he did with assisting those uh those 10 assists for threes, who would have ever have thought Yeah, that it would come down to such a precise part of the offense. And, and to be able to have these guys pull this off, nine different players hit threes in that game the other day. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty good stuff right there. Well, on,
1: on top of that, like the uh they have 35 points. Yeah. So, I mean, on top of that the 35 points and then kicking out for all threes, I would be I would be shocked if he only passed to 10 threes and they made all 10 threes, right? Right. So, let's just say 15. He he passed it out to 15 different threes. I'm just guessing but to still be able to get 35 on top of that for a guy who's not a three point shooter, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, it also shows like a crazy usage, but it's that, that is the definition of dominance. I think it's, I'm going to score my 35 and whenever you guys make it just a little bit difficult and make a mistake, I'm going to hit it out there for those guys that hit a three. Like it's just, you can see he's growing, still growing. So much—it's which is kind of crazy to say a two-time MVP is still growing, but he—I he, feel like we see something new every day, and and I'm looking at like the the MVP ladder or whatever, and you kind of just look at the the three stats that they give you, which is generally points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, for Gobert, they throw in blocks, but like even him and KD, like KD is outscoring him, but. Giannis Not by loses, a ton, though. Yeah, by two points. Yeah, you know, and Giannis is out rebounding him by four, and then their assists are even. So it it all just like depends on. That's the tough part with the with the MVP. Because to me, I would say that Giannis's numbers are better, um, but you know, it all comes down to the story and team success and all that stuff. You know, I, I'd be I wouldn't be shocked if if the Bulls hang up there much longer that we start seeing DeRozan in this top 5 MVP cuz he's obviously playing very well right now in the Bucks or the Bulls are I believe they're number 1 right right now
0: I think so yeah they're they're ahead of the Bucks and the Bucks are right there going into that yeah. one so um yeah so there's still
1: a lot of time and there's still going to be a lot of movement
0: but, oh of course
1: yeah but just at any point to to know that he's on top of it the way that he plays wouldn't shock me if he stays on top of it. You know what I mean? Like he, he's one of those guys that the consistency is there. It's not just you – know, even in a loss like last night in a game that we're saying was a bad game, let's throw it away, He still had 31, 10, and 7. So the numbers are always going to be there.
0: Yeah, and he's um, – I mean, let's face it, as far as all the things for an MVP goes, you can look at all the – Stats and numbers you want. I mean, the the other bottom line is this: this team, the his teammates are better because of him. Yeah. Um, top to bottom, so um, they they found the right fits. That's for sure. But that the other thing is the um, you talk about MVP, the the All Star, you know, uh, candidates or whatever are are out there, and and we got a kick out of uh, Bobby Portis you know, kind of announcing like he's uh, the presidential candidates <laughs> instead of uh, Portis, it was POTUS. And uh, I, I love how this guy just puts himself out there. We covered it on our pregame show yesterday a little bit, just, you know, from the standpoint of um, there are certain guys who can self-promote themselves, especially when they have a crowd base uh, here in Milwaukee that is is behind him. So, yeah. Part of this is fan voting, and um, uh, you know, around the country, I don't know if he's going to get uh, even close to a vote to put him over the top. But I have a feeling the uh, fans in the city of Milwaukee uh, are going to do their best to to put him in a pretty good spot to, you know, to make his name visible, you know, yeah. and and put him in in a spot of contention. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And quite frankly, he's. He's playing at an all-star level. I don't know if the numbers equal and there's only going to be 12 guys on a team. We know that. That's the tough part. But, um, you know, he, he's elevated his game and Giannis has something to do with that too, yeah. going back to the MVP talk.
1: And if you haven't seen it, uh, here is his <laughs> here's his uh, little ad he put out in Twitter, breaking news from the desk of Bobby POTUS. Yeah. My fellow NBA fans, I'm officially launching my campaign for All-Star 20. 20- 22 and asking for your vote which to me i i love it i I love it because but to me bobby portis is my second favorite book and the reason is he one he plays well and plays hard but he is emotionally and um kind of entertainment wise he's like the opposite of Giannis, he is the expressive one he is the one that has fun and, and, you know, is running up and down the court. Not that Giannis doesn't have fun. We, you know, we see the celebrations after dunks and threes and whatnot. But Bobby is kind of, like, a, a different level for me. And I I love it. Um, I think – I'm trying to remember if we've kind of had a guy like that, kind of a fiery, outward expressive. Um, the fans are just in love with him. And you mentioned it on the broadcast, like – if anyone's going to get the fan vote in Milwaukee, it's going to be Giannis and then Bobby. Yeah. Like <laughs> Bobby is definitely, is definitely a fan favorite and it should be, should give him a chance, but ultimately he's not going to be a starter, right? So it's, it's going to be down to the coaches. Um, But you hope he's nearing a double double with, you know, 15 points nearing 10 rebounds shooting crazy from three and, and the bucks are, Going up in the standings, so that all helps. Generally, the number one team has at least two guys. So you, you see, Drew's had a, a push this last couple week. Uh, last couple weeks, I don't see anything from from Middleton at this point. I think there's just been too much missed time, and 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 that also plays into Bobby though. Like we think about the guys that we've missed, all these other guys have missed time too. You know, big yeah. names. We've had K. We've had KD, Giannis. Bobby, all these guys have been in health and health and safety protocols. So maybe this is the year that it works out that enough guys miss time to get a shot at an all-star. Um, you know, some people might look at that as like, you know, you got in on a technicality, but at, at the end of the day, like it's about getting in and it doesn't really matter how you got in. You don't worry about anyone else's season and who, who was hurt and this and that, you know, you just, you
0: just get in. Right. And, and I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, I agree with you in the in the um, in the verbiage you use for you know you can get in on a technicality, but but can you really though when when there's right. only twelve guys on each team? I mean, I, I still think that's that's wrong for the NBA. Right? I mean, there's got to be, in my opinion, I think you need you need at least fifteen guys. Yeah,
1: even fifteen. That's six more guys on each team. Like it, you really do. I mean, yeah. there's
0: there's no. I mean. Even if you just subbed in five at a time, who cares? Yeah, I mean, you, there are definitely more worthy um, All Stars than than the twelve that they've been putting out there the last couple. Well, of years. Well, and the frustrating
1: sure. part about it is like, someone like, um, Clay Thompson is is, I want to say like top ten in voting right now, and you're just like, why? Yeah, I mean, you, you remember, way back when it didn't matter what Yao Ming did. All of China was voting for him. So he was getting in, you know right. what I mean? It's just, it, you want, you do want the fan vote, but you also have to understand that like, for example, with Bobby, all of Milwaukee's going to vote for him. So it, it, it almost feels like if I wish there was a way that we could still use the fan vote, but maybe, uh, take a you know, percentage from each state or something like that to make it more of a league-wide fan vote as opposed to whose city decides to push it harder, you know? Right. Because it, it, obviously a team like Milwaukee is going to have a bigger following than maybe the Cavs. So maybe Darius Garland doesn't have the fan push behind him that Drew does, you know? and that's always unfortunate, but the good thing is it's only 50% of the vote and the, the, the coaches usually coaches and media usually kind of balance it out, but um, it it would be cool to see Bobby in there. And I think he's earned it. And I think, uh, you know, Bobby is obviously one of my favorite people to talk about just because of the whole, the whole story to him. And I've talked about it, you know, numerous times about the, he's basically taken two team friendly contracts and he's, I don't think anyone could argue that he hasn't outplayed them. You'd be you'd be a fool to argue that he that he's kind of slotted money wise where he deserves to be. And you wonder how long a guy can be team friendly for you. I know that he's said it a lot that it, this has kind of turned around his career and et cetera, But at some point, right, you gotta the career's turned around so you move on. So hopefully they can keep him around. Hopefully he can get an All Star and and really still maybe that's what maybe that's what he needs. Milwaukee needs to come out. And make sure that he makes the All Star team, and then maybe he'll take another team friendly. <laughs> maybe he'll love <laughs> it here so much.
0: <laughs> well, I will say this: he he's won a championship already. Yeah. Um, so a lot a lot of times, if you're young like like he still is, yeah, uh, you win a championship. That's like your first big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you win another championship, let's say he's not an All Star this year, but the yeah. Bucks win another championship. Um, he will be noticed. And, yeah. and if he continues to elevate his game and, and then he hits his prime, he will be making his money there. There is yeah. no, and it may, and it may come uh, as a Milwaukee buck. I don't think yeah. anybody would have a problem with that. As long as, as long as his game continues, you know, to rise and get better the way we've seen. And, well, stuff, and that's, so it's
1: kind of like a double-edged sword because, you know, going into the season, we talked about can Bobby be six man. Like if he plays the way he played last year, he could be the sixth man but now he's a starter Mm -hmm. all but game one so the six man's out of the question because we don't know when brooks coming back but if you're a starter the entire season of a championship team yeah that there's no team friendly there right (laughs) you will be noticed (laughs) yeah
0: yeah um let's let's talk about um mvp candidates now um uh, take take it a step further from yeah. the, the honest league talk. Uh, this is this is we were talking about this um, yesterday during the game. James and I were um, about Wisconsin Wisconsin based MVPs mm-hmm. in pro sports in, in the three big majors in the NFL, NBA, um, and Major League Baseball. And and if you think about this, Aaron Rodgers has emerged as the favorite in the NFL. And Giannis has emerged as the favorite right now in the NBA. So you would think we have a pretty good shot at yeah. one, maybe two MVPs here in this 2022 naming rights year. Uh, Rodgers, uh, won it last year in a tie in 21. Um, Giannis won in 2020 and in 2019 in the NBA. And Kristen Yelich won the, uh, um, National League MVP and Major League Baseball in 2018. So we're we're looking at five consecutive seasons out of the state of Wisconsin as league MVPs. Yeah, um, and that's uh, you know, look when Yelich won it in 18, and, and Giannis won it that that adjoining following year. We're like, man, we've got we got back to backs here, and and Rogers had already won two prior to that. Um, this is pretty cool stuff here right yeah. now. And, and all of these guys have a stake in not just winning these things and being candidates, but have a stake in their, in their communities, um, cross ownerships. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, this is, this is really amazing to see that, that Rogers and Giannis could, could win this yeah. in, the, in the same year.
1: And to me, like as a Wisconsin sports fan, you really gotta, you know, stick your chest out, because I think that like we follow these teams so closely that, like for the Brewers example, for for example, the end of the year was a disappointment, right? You're frustrated. You're just waiting for this team to break through. But when you look at the big picture of Wisconsin sports, there is something pretty special going on, and I don't I don't know where this lands like throughout the country and, and all the other teams, but to know that the last, the, the last five years, and hopefully this year you've had an MVP in your state in one of the three major sports, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, like, and, and then on top of that outside of this last po- or this last offseason with Rogers, there's really been no drama with our, stars. Obviously, this last offseason with um, Rogers was a little bit rocky, but they all kind of, and like you were saying, there's ownership stakes in all of them. Like Rogers is involved with the Bucks, Giannis involved with the Brewers. There really is this like small town community feel to our major sports in the in the way that they seemingly get along and interact with each other, which is really cool. And you always see, and I know this is common, but you always see the Bucks or the Packers or the Brewers congratulating one another. And, and you see them at each other's games and stuff. So it's just kind of cool. And I, I do wonder if that's how it is around the country. But I know it hasn't been like that here in the past. So to have the five MVPs in a row, to always have something to celebrate and kind of hang your hat on as a state is really cool.
0: It just reminds me of the, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Davis being a Packer fan and instead of maybe yeah. <laughs> a, you know, Rams fan or Chargers fan now, you know, uh, out there in L.A. and stuff. But uh, I, I also want to mention, you know, you, you mentioned the um, uh, cross-ownerships, uh, you know, that that Rogers has a stake in the Bucks, and Giannis has a stake in the Brewers. Yelich, to our knowledge, doesn't have that cross uh, yeah. piece of ownership, but he does – have a financial interest in uh redevelopment of this milwaukee downtown which um to me speaks equal volumes if if not stronger to be honest with you um investing money to make this a better community and um i think that's uh you know that that was something that's been on top of his list for a few years now so we um, can't
1: uh, to me we can't talk about that stuff enough because no for i think sometimes fans need to understand too that like when these guys are here and they're bought in, like, that's, that's special. That's important. Like, yeah, there's a lot of stars that play on teams that don't care about the city. Don't get involved, show up, do what they do and then go home, you know, wait for their next contract or whatever. Like the fact that these guys are actually in the community and, you know, for the most part, I would guess that most, um, most players, you know, are in the community in some form or fashion just because of the team kind of uh, having you know that responsibility, but to kind of take it one step further and put your own money into the into the equation is, is tells me like you're bought in and you want you want to see change and be here and and develop and you know not that they couldn't do that from another team, but it, right. it's just it's just kind of cool to know there is something that anchors Giannis to Milwaukee. It's yep. something that anchors Aaron Rodgers to Milwaukee. You know what I mean? In some way or fashion, there's there's always that one big financial reason to stay around and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, know? for sure. Which is cool.
0: I want to uh, before we talk Packers um, going into their final week and and playoffs. Uh, as long as we're on mvp type talk i i, I want to bring this up james uh because on on monday night johnny davis of the badger basketball team they're ranked 23rd and they had a big road game at number three ranked purdue um and this purdue team a couple of weeks ago was ranked number one in the country that's this is a very good solid team i, I watched them for the first time i recorded the game it came back after the Bucks game last night and, and watched this game and could not have been more impressed with what I saw out of several players on yeah. the Purdue side. I mean, they've, they've got this balance that's unbelievable. Um, however, the guy that stole the show was Lacrosse's very own Johnny Davis. And, and if you follow Badger basketball, like I know some of our listeners and, and watchers have, um, you know who this guy is, you, you know how he's emerged um his sophomore year he had 37 points and 14 rebounds uh in that win last night and and hit every clutch shot hit threes um showed his high iq finding teammates making good decisions um and basically you know put his uh, badger backpack on and put all his yeah. teammates in and that's that's a hell of a road victory so congrats to the badgers for that Now, the reason I bring this up is because this guy's clearly emerged as a potential lottery pick um, in the draft coming up later this year in 2022. And and after, you know, going into this year, you knew he was going to be good and better, but you're like, how is this? You're thinking of another kid from the state of Wisconsin, Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, who played high school here in Milwaukee and then uh, decided to follow his dad as the head coach at, at UW-Milwaukee. So he's playing here his freshman year um, as being a lottery pick as well. So think about this. We have potentially two lottery picks playing right here mm-hmm. for the UW-Wisconsin system, um, which would be a story in itself. Yeah. But, James, how, how they're getting here, the path they're taking is what I want to talk about Um Johnny Davis kind of doing that traditional high school player of the year, going to his hometown mm-hmm. state uh, school and the Badgers and, you know, emerging after his freshman year and Patrick Baldwin Jr. being pretty much a lottery pick probably from the age 16. Right. Could have gone to Duke, Kentucky, wherever he wanted to go to school and follows says, you know what? I'm going to be a one and done. I'm, just, I'm going to go play basketball for my dad, which yeah. everyone's like, that's the greatest storyline ever. Um so these are interesting. I want to call them stages yeah. because uh, I think the stage that, that Johnny Davis is on, he's playing in the Big Ten. He's playing for the Badgers. They're nationally ranked. They're on national TV all the time. Um, and Patrick Baldwin Jr. decided to play on a, on a flat surface in front of fans that are still on that flat surface and can barely see him play. Yeah. Uh, but yet when he's healthy – He's, he's a very good basketball player. It's just very interesting to see how these storylines are playing out yeah. as these guys uh, have their eyes on the NBA.
1: But, and the, one of the interesting things to me is, is that w- we're talking about two potentially one and – or not one and done because I guess he's in his sophomore year, but two potentially lottery picks. And they're from Wisconsin and – Milwaukee, not necessarily Marquette. Like Marquette is the one that I, I in my head, picture as a more one-and-done friendly system.
0: Mm-hmm. I, uh, I would agree with that.
1: Because we know Wisconsin is – Wisconsin's kind of mantra is about the team, not about a guy. And Milwaukee just doesn't have – UW-Milwaukee just doesn't have the visibility it's a it's a really cool story for him to go back and play with his for his dad. I really hope that it all works out, not only just for him, but for kind of future small smaller D one school moves. Um, I, I kind of I guess I could kind of compare it to uh, Deion Sanders getting the guy, the number one I think it was number two overall um, recruit to come to yeah his school the HBCU, which you know obviously. We know HBCUs don't generally get top five players. And if, if that works out, if he turns out to be the number two player and the number two defensive player in the country or, or whatever it is, hopefully that will kind of lead a line to these future kids knowing that you don't have to go to Duke, you don't have to go to Alabama, You don't have to go and sit behind, you know, three five-star quarterbacks and just wait your turn for your senior year when you could have been a four-year starter anywhere else. Right. Um, And hopefully that kind of brings a little more parity to college sports because if these guys do know that they can go where they want to go and still make it to the pros – Hopefully that opens it up a bit. Cause we know, like we look back and say um, like Tyler hero, for example, that was a clear choice of leaving Wisconsin and going to play with uh, Cal Perry. It was a clear choice. I want to go to the NBA and this guy will get me to the NBA. So hopefully these guys that are taking these different routes and can make, and hopefully can make it to the pros, can kind of leave a blueprint to, to these other guys that go where you want to go, go where, go where the fit is right. You know, yeah. not necessarily just i gotta go to duke or i gotta go to alabama i gotta go play at kentucky it's the only way that i can get enough visibility to get to the pros and that is changing a lot with the internet but still we still haven't seen like we still haven't seen that major major star pick his hometown small school or whatever you know
0: right no, it, make, it makes a great storyline, and and um, I mean, look, look no further than uh, Jalen Johnson. You know, he he was playing high school basketball in Sun Prairie, then he came to Milwaukee. Uh, thought there was a better situation for him, visibility wise and competition wise. Uh, he ends up going to to Duke and starting for the first month, and then basically didn't play after that, and didn't even finish with the program. And he's kind of lost with the with the the Hawks now. I mean. That that could have been a potential uh, step back. But right. it, anyway, we, we could get we could get real deep in that. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I really don't want to do anything but put Johnny Davis and Patrick Baldwin Jr. on a good platform. Yeah, I, they
1: definitely I, deserve I, the praise and, and all yeah. the because it, yeah, it is still like it again, Wisconsin born talent. It, like whenever Wisconsin born talent succeeds, like Wisconsin needs to get behind it.
0: Right, Everything and, and you got to give both these guys credit for saying I want to stay here, yeah. and and they had different reasons to stay here yeah. on different teams,
1: and well, and, that, and that's kind of the other. Um, speaking of reasons, that like that's why Deion Sanders getting that number two recruit to come to an HBU is so big because we know the money follows talent, and and we know that in college sports the money is just not equal, especially not with these. Um, which I'm all for and happy for, but the the kids being able to make money off their likeness, that's even another kind of separator of where do you think you're going to make more money, Duke yeah. or UW-Milwaukee? Right, right. Like, you know, like, it's, right. It's kind of like, so hopefully we can get a few of these kids that just are game changers to go to these smaller schools and get that money flowing in other directions other than, how many times do we need to see the Alabamas and the Dukes of the world? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's let's uh, let's turn our attention to uh, Packers real quick here to close out. Um, yep. I, I don't have a ton on my list for Packers uh, other than – uh, wow, they clinched the number one seed, and and yeah. I think they did it a week earlier than everyone thought. When Arizona beat uh, Dallas, it opened the door for them. Kirk Cousins doesn't play Sunday night. That opened the door for them. And what did they do? They they demolished the Vikings uh, in a you know in a game that that really seemed like it had no meaning, but it it set up um, number one seed for them now yeah. uh, to stay at home for the playoffs and get the only buy available. Uh, as the playoff system expands right now so kudos to them for that the big question is this they play they finish the regular season Sunday coming up here and then they get the bye so they won't play their first playoff game until the weekend of the 22nd 23rd of January so the big question is how how much if at all Uh, Do you play your frontline guys in this game against Detroit, of course, doing nothing else but risking injury?
1: I mean, with the bye, I I think you got to run them out there for at least a half just just because of the fact that you have the bye um, and you don't want them sitting for two weeks. But you also – you play to get them out of the game. You know what I mean? Like, this game doesn't matter. It's against Detroit. And it should be a win. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it – if Rodgers barely plays and it happens to be a loss with Jordan Love. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, I think you just want to get your guys in some game action, get them out and, and, you know, rest up for the week and get ready for the playoffs, Um, especially with it being – Is that a home game?
0: Sunday, no. It's at Detroit.
1: Well, either way, like
0: at least it's it's indoors. At least it's indoors, you know. So that
1: that was kind of my thought. If it was a home game, like you, you want to get them out there and moving in the cold. But you know, with it being indoors, either way, you still want your guys moving for for. You don't want them sitting for two weeks. I wouldn't think.
0: Well, I wouldn't either. And it seems like uh, head coach Matt Lafleur said, you know, after the game on Sunday, you know, that's his game plan of playing mm-hmm. these guys. Not, I mean, he didn't reveal how much yet, but yeah, it, it almost sounded like his frontline guys are going to play, you know, the first half of the game. Which, which I, I mean, my initially, I'm thinking that's the right thing to do. I mean, look, yeah. these guys, these guys have a buy though at at some point, and there's never worry about not playing, you know. For a full weekend and you know in between games um however it also stresses the importance of um you need to be at the top of your game full speed mentally ready to go yeah and you know aaron Rodgers doesn't play a single game or minute of the preseason and
1: And that's not what we're talking
0: about yeah you know that's not what we're talking about and and obviously the Packers got uh, got it handed to in the first game of the year and stuff. And, and that's kind of when you work out the kinks. You can't afford to do that now, you know, during playoff time here. So it'll be uh, it'll be something to watch on on Sunday, a meaningless type game. Um, but of course, everyone will be watching either way in the playoff start. So exciting times coming up. So um, I think that's going to do it. You got anything else?
1: uh no just want to wish everyone a happy new year and uh hope for a good 2022 hope for another pair of mvps uh, right on so we, so we can make it what seven in five years
0: yeah i don't know i Something can't do like that
1: either it way would be, another, it would be five years in a row another consecutive year of, of mvps yeah. would be nice <laughs> Why why
0: do you test me like this <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would be six and five years because that this would be the first year that potentially I, they had two.
0: I think I hear kids calling. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, there, they just
1: long. got home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, pal. Nice show. Nice stuff. Thanks everybody for, uh, for watching and listening. This has been the latest edition of Kashan cast. We'll see you next time.
1: All right. All right.